0: Welcome to the Small Nonprofit Podcast, with down-to-earth practical advice on how to get things done in your small organization. You are going to change the world, and we can help. Hello, and welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, Cindy Wagman, and I'm joined by my co-host, Anya McGlynn. Hello, everybody. So today we have a really interesting interview with Omar Visram from Ankle Back Office Solutions. His work came about because there are so many organizations that need expert resources without having the financing to afford in-house expertise. They can't hire someone in-house to, at the level of expertise that they need, they might not need someone full time, but they still need that higher level of expertise.
1: Right. I'm sure that's not unfamiliar to most of our listeners. Um, Hands up if you don't have a full time bookkeeper. And if you have someone who comes in, uh, you know, a couple times a month to do your books, and I would imagine there's a lot of hands up right now. Yeah,
0: exactly. And we actually work with a number of clients who have that with their bookkeeping. But what's really interesting about Omar is they're all so with ankle back. solutions is they're cloud-based. So everything they do, they can do remotely, which also brings the cost down for you. But also they leverage solutions that make it easier for you to share information, faster for you to share information, technology that's really easy to use, but that can save your time, which I think is a huge asset too.
1: One question I I would be interested in kind of exploring a little bit is the extent to which As an organization, as a client of Ankleback Office, you have to be familiar with cloud tools or with, Mm -hmm. you know, being organized in a way that makes it easy to share. Because I think sometimes when we're talking about, you know, fractional workforce or even, you know, allowing our, our staff to work um, from from anywhere, as long as they have an internet connected device, it requires a level of organizational readiness mm-hmm. in order to be able to take full advantage. So, I, you know, it's not obviously going to be a solution for everybody, um, but it actually might be something that spurs you on to taking a step towards um, leveraging uh, cloud technologies. And the cool thing about this is, wh-
0: and what I like about this interview, is a lot of the cloud technology that they're recommending is very user friendly and can actually be a lot easier than your existing systems. Although we know that change is hard, even if it's for an easier solution. But this conversation is really around how you can uh, adopt some of that technology, whether or not you work with someone like ankle back office solutions, right? Like these are things that you can take and put into practice right away without any help, um, and actually streamline your own back end office in a way that some of the burden on staff but as with any technology I hear what you're saying and you know this is something that we talk a lot about within our company is uh, technology even if it's easier change And changing our habits and changing the way we work with our technology uh, requires work.
1: It's hard. Yeah, it it often means that um, you have to take a a bigger picture view of your organization if you're going to become more sort of digitally focused or digitally forward as far as your operations are concerned. It means often looking at your talent strategy, if you have one, or even beginning that talent strategy and, and making sure that you're thinking about what are the skills that you have in-house? Identifying those accidental techies, and then um, you know either skilling them up or thinking about as you hire, what are the skills that you need to have in-house to be able to manage um, outsourced work? Because managing outsourced work is is a skill in and of itself. Exactly. So you know as we see the future of work, you know moving more towards fractional um, employment and outsourcing these key pieces of, of business, it means that the talent strategy has to take into account. What project management of outsourced projects looks like. So, something to think about.
0: Yeah, I think this is such an interesting conversation. Two really interesting trends, right? One is as we talked about fractional work. So not hiring in house, but looking at people, you can bring in advisory or implementation support, implementation support, kind of like us, exactly, Mm -hmm. we do that. That's our business. But also looking at cloud technology, which is something we've talked a lot about. And we have an episode of the podcast on that. But this is something we we do in house. And we encourage our clients to do is looking at how we can leverage cloud technology to streamline the way we work. So it is a pleasure to introduce my conversation with Omar. He's the co-founder and CEO of Ankle Back Office Solutions, which he founded in 2016. For over 15 years, he's been active in the Canadian taxation, strategic planning, audit advisory, and finance operations disciplines within senior roles at KPMG and BCAA. Prior to founding Enkel, Omar worked to launch BCAA's Evo car sharing business and managing the fleet operations and customer experience teams from launch to full scale operations. He holds a BBA from the Simon Fraser University and is a qualified CPA. This is all about how to think about fractional work as well as cloud technology to streamline your back office. Omar, welcome to the podcast.
2: Thank you for having me.
0: I'm so excited to have this conversation. It's very rare that we find other companies that are providing um, done-for-you service or interim service like we do. So I think this will be a really interesting conversation. Um, Can I get you to introduce your company, Ankle, and tell us a little bit about what you do?
2: Thank you, Cindy. Yes. So I started Ankle in early 2016 with the view that back office can be done better um, I was seeing all of this cloud-based technology emerge um, at the time, uh, you know, I'd come from a fairly traditional accounting background uh, from one of the big four. And, you know, I, I always saw how businesses and not-for-profit organizations really struggle with their back office. And I thought, you know, through good process and new cl- emerging cloud-based technology, there must be a better way of doing things. And that's where Ankle was born. Uh, today, we are a um, one of Western Canada's fastest growing uh, back office service providers. We have over 200 clients, um, many of them in the not for profit space, um, and we can get into that in a little bit more uh, detail. Um, and we're finding that our clients are looking for better ways of doing things. And that's why they come to us.
0: When we were talking before, we talked about um, sort of non-core functions to organizations and how, you know, as small organizations grow or even if they're not growing and they're, they're happy with status quo, there are certain things that people are sort of forced to learn, but they don't really learn properly. And it, it takes a lot of time. And instead, there's the opportunity to bring in um, those services like yours and ours that help take that off their plates a little bit and take off these non-core functions so that executive directors and other people can actually focus on the work they love doing and not the paperwork and back end. Um, tell me a little bit about like how how that's working for the organizations and and I think the biggest. And how that reflects kind of changing workforce trends?
2: yeah, absolutely. so there's there's a couple of interesting things that I think are happening right now. First of all, small business owners and not-for-profit organizations are really starting to question uh, you know how how the leaders in the organization spend their time. Um, you know, we didn't get into business or we didn't start this organization to deal with administrative process, right? And where there's a person internally managing a particular administrative function, let's say like bookkeeping, it's, you know, is something for a leader in the organization to oversee. And so there's this management overhead associated with all of this admin that keeps the business owner, executive director, whoever it is from ultimately, um, you know, doing what they, what they love doing. And so we see a lot of businesses starting to question that. Um, at the same time, the workforce is changing dramatically. The gig economy quote unquote, gig economy is growing quickly. Um, people are looking at different ways of working than, you know, your typical nine to five. And that's where, uh, you know, different models around bookkeeping and other services are also, you know, starting to change. Um, leverage on, or add on top of that, you know, accessibility of, of great technology. Um, and y- Some really interesting things start to come up. So today a lot of our clients come in through the web and it's ultimately people that are Googling, you know, bookkeeping online. That's where, you know, that's where they find us. And I'd say today the feedback that we're getting, you know, particularly from not for profit organizations um, and small businesses as well is that we're able to take a function out of the organization that was previously, you know, very necessary, but a distraction from the day-to-day um, and deliver it as you know as effectively a turnkey service so that the organization can focus on what it's meant to do.
0: Yeah. And those tools, as well as the expertise, allow you to do it in that turnkey way, that brings the cost down, which is so important to small organizations. And also, you know, a lot of people don't need a full-time person or even a part-time person doing this kind of work, um, but it can be really expensive to try to find solutions that are maybe more traditional and, and do require more uh, offline Processes and you know the the way the work is done is so different now with cloud based solutions and new technology that we can actually get so much more done with way less uh, time. Mm-hmm
2: touched on a few concepts there um, that really, you know, do apply to not-for-profit organizations. So one of them is that, so the tools bring a level of efficiency, efficiency in communication, efficiency in process. So that's, uh, you know, that's a huge factor, but what it allows us to do as a service provider as well is provide not-for-profit organizations with different gears of support. So your bookkeeping team, if you work with us, or sorry, your back office team is really not one person. It's a bookkeeper. It's probably a payroll professional and, you know, probably a CPA who knows not-for-profit reporting and can speak to your auditors. The cost of what you were probably previously paying just your bookkeeper, you now get all of these expertise under one umbrella in a very seamless way. That's a great source of value for not-for-profit organizations, especially because not-for-profit organizations are often resource constrained, but from a reporting standpoint, actually have more complexity than a small business of the same size.
0: And I think what's so interesting is we we also have seen this a lot with sort of like fractional positions, I guess, is one of the the jargony terms for it now where we were just having a conversation with someone who was a fractional CMO, so Chief Marketing Officer, and they would work as a Chief Marketing Officer for like a few different startups um, because none of them on their own could afford that level of expertise and they didn't need that full-time support. So, this is definitely a big trend outside of our sector. Uh, how have you found the nonprofit space in terms of picking up on this?
2: When we started the business and we started speaking to not-for-profit organizations, I'd say that traction was slow to build. I mean, the good thing is the not-for-profit community, you know, people are very collaborative. So a good idea does spread, you know, word of mouth helps. So I'd say it's, it's been slow to start, but you know, like the rest of the economy and small business, not-for-profit organizations are starting to pick up on this and it's starting to build steam.
0: We could probably have a very long and nerdy conversation about this way of of looking at the workforce. Um, But what I really want to talk about is how our listeners can learn from your expertise and experience through the tools that you use. And, you know, maybe they're not ready to, to go all out, or if they just want to modernize within their organization, let's talk about some of your favorite uh, technology tools that help organizations streamline uh, and be more efficient in their back office.
2: We, we do have this policy of, you know, we try to find the best tool for the problem, um, but there are a few tools that I'd say we just can't live without. So the core of all of our accounting uh, for not-for-profit organizations is managed through QuickBooks online. But to a large extent, our clients don't touch the QuickBooks file. Um, you know, maybe they go in to grab a report. Generally speaking, QuickBooks is the tool that we use to take data um, and convert it into something meaningful, i.e. financial statements. But Receipt Bank, um, Receipt Bank is a very, very smart, um, well-built, uh, receipt management tool. integrates beautifully with, uh, QuickBooks Online. So I don't want to get too jargony, but the, uh, uh, the chart of accounts in QuickBooks Online integrates with Receipt Bank, so the user can literally snap a photo of a receipt. The, the data from the receipt gets read by Receipt Bank, and the user has access to code, um, you know, that receipt based on the um, the chart of accounts in QuickBooks Online. You know, it's it's a great tool. It enables not-for-profit organizations to minimize the number of lost receipts because it's such a convenient app to use. And it also just through the integration function, um, makes the reconciliation process that much
0: more efficient. I love that. And is there a way, like I know one of the biggest, not one of the biggest frustrations, but certainly a significant frustration for organizations and people I've seen working in this space is, you know, you submit your expenses and then it takes almost a month for you to get paid for them. And, you know, you have to fill out these crazy spreadsheets with all the different information. Is that a process that can be bypassed and expedited through something like Receipt Bank?
2: Yeah. So for expense reports, we actually use a different tool, it's Expensify. So it has a lot of the same features that Receipt Bank has, you know, with uh, the basically Expensify talking to QuickBooks online. Integration is phenomenal, but uh, Expensify has some additional control mechanisms. So you can build your um, organizational hierarchy, so to speak. Um, you know, you can set uh, rules around spending limits, eligible expenses. You can also route expense reports to different people in the organization. So let's say, you know, in the case of a small not-for-profit organization, maybe every expense report has to be approved by the executive director. So, Um, the uh, employee will submit their expenses and those will be automatically routed to the ED for approval. Similarly, a board member may have to approve the executive director's expenses. So you can add another level of hierarchy in there so that anything that the executive director submits goes to that board member for approval. The great thing there is, again, you're doing everything in the cloud. Uh, You are, you know, eliminating... Storing, you know, stacks of paper, everything gets nicely stored in both Expensify and Receipt Bank. It creates a great audit trail. Um, so, you know, come year-end audit time, if the auditors need to sample, you know, certain expenses, provide them to the auditors.
1: Stop the podcast just for a second. I just wanted to take a second to remind our listeners uh, who may not know that this uh, podcast is brought to you by The Good Partnership and Charity Village. So a lot of people don't know that
0: both of our organizations are deeply committed to making sure that there are tons of great resources available to small nonprofits in our sector. And so I want you to take a minute to go and access some of those great free resources. For The Good Partnership, you can visit thegoodpartnership.com. And specifically on our homepage or visit thegoodpartnership.com slash guide, you can download a free resource that outlines all different kinds of fundraising strategies you might want to consider for your organization. And for charityvillage.com, there's so many webinars and of course the podcast, um, articles, the list is endless. And of course you can post jobs there, volunteer positions, uh, posting is free, so make sure that you are checking out both websites to deepen your learning and continue to access great free stuff. Great tips, Sydney. Now on the podcast. I get so excited by all of this because I think it's so valuable to streamline. I mean, just think everybody think of the time you would say. So those are some great ones. What other tools do you find are part of that core?
2: So Pluto is a really neat product. It's spelled P-L-O-O-T-O. It's a Canadian company. And actually the way I found Pluto was I was looking for this solution for our business. Pluto goes both ways. So it's an automated, um, uh, cash collection system. So you can collect money on a recurring basis from your customers, you know, bank accounts of course, subject to an approval process. Uh, And it's also a payment processing system that integrates seamlessly with QuickBooks Online. The great thing about Pluto for -for not-for-profit organizations is, again, the hierarchy and approvals. So let's say there's a spend limit, the executive director can approve anything up to $5,000 thereafter, something has to go to a board member before funds are released, you can build in that hierarchy. And Pluto will actually prevent funds from being released without the appropriate sign-offs. So cool. And one of the best stories I heard was from a not-for-profit that came to us and said, we feel like there's a better way of doing things, but currently we have an administrative person who once a week drives around town to get signatures board members, like, is there a more efficient way of doing this? And we implemented Pluto. And the time they're saving is just, you know, it's been very significant. The board is happy. They don't have to, you know, coordinate time to meet with this person to sign off on checks every week,
0: every week or every month. And then they don't actually pay get like things don't get paid. And,
2: you know, there's all kinds of problems uh, that have been eliminated.
0: I love this. I'm like clapping in my, in my seat. I think this is, I mean, every organization needs these tools. I want to talk about pricing, but before, and obviously these are not your products, but, and I think there's a really, really good ROI when you look at what you save. I want to make sure we cover all your favorite core tools.
2: Those are really the three that I'd say we use with almost every client. Mm-hmm. Um, if we don't, it's almost by exception. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a final one that I think is worth mentioning, Kela easy donor management system, um, you know, provides a lot of clarity and re- great reporting that explains, you know, the source of revenue, makes the reconciliation very efficient. They also have a, uh, what I call a light integration with QuickBooks Online, which really, um, you know, helps on the process side again.
0: I mean, most of these, you have all of these so far, actually, I think you have to pay for them, um, but they're certainly not expensive. What would an organization budget, do you think, monthly to have like a full suite of just the tools? And then do they have charity discounts? If Do you know of <laughs> any charitable discounts for these kinds of opportunities?
2: Yeah, I don't actually believe that any of these tools have charity discounts, although don't quote me on that.
0: Never hurts to ask. All of our listeners (laughs) always (laughs) ask. Say, I'm (laughs) a charity. (laughs) Yeah.
2: (laughs) Reality is, too, that a lot of these tools, um, the cost is dependent on usage, which is driven by either number of users or volume of transactions. But just to put it in perspective, let's compare Pluto um, you know, to mailing checks, Pluto, but just on cost, Pluto is a dollar a transaction, right? I mean, you spend more than that on a stamp, right?
0: On a stamp. Plus, an actual paper check is so expensive.
2: Absolutely. QuickBooks Online, I believe you can find discount codes and pay somewhere around $25 a month. You don't have to buy a software subscription up front, like you would with other products, right? I mean $25 a month is something that's a lot easier to manage than say four or five six hundred dollars a month. Or sorry, four or five, six hundred dollars up front, right? So the pricing is, you know, it, it is it is dependent on volume of transactions or number of users, but generally we find it brings so much more efficiency and value that you know the price is is not a huge blocker.
0: I think, yeah, the price is so worth it in terms of just sanity and like looking at the time everyone saves in doing. And and as we talked about at the beginning, freeing up your time to do the things you love doing, right? That's why you got into the work in the first place. One of the biggest things we see with organizations looking at new technology is the adoption. And just by looking at these Tools and their sites, like they all look pretty intuitive. But what are some challenges that organizations have faced in adopting these new technologies and how can we help or preemptively help overcome them?
2: I agree. It's definitely a challenge. A lot of people initially get quite excited about using tools. And then one of the biggest challenges is they just revert to their old ways, right? As efficient as Receipt Bank might be to use. You know, it might be fun to play with the app at the beginning, but you might, you know, that habit of just throwing something into a shoebox—just maybe something you've done for so long that it's a hard thing to, a hard habit to change. So, um, we spend a lot of time onboarding our clients, making sure that they're comfortable with the tools, giving them the opportunity to you know go for as many, we always say we have, you know, we'll take you through as many training sessions as you need to be successful with the tool because your success with the tool is is our success in, in delivering statements to you every month. Um, so it is definitely a challenge. There are great videos online. Um, you know, there's there's guides that we've put together for our clients. Some people learn better by you know following a guide. So from our standpoint, you know, we do whatever it takes to support you as you make the transition.
0: Game-changing for organizations. It's such an important conversation. Do you have any examples of how this has changed the game for some of your clients? Like what they've been able to free up and do because of both these tools and, of course, working with you?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I can think of a number of examples. Um, I'll cite, you know, one in particular: um, the Minerva Foundation uh, for BC Women. Um, we actually have a case study that we did with them on our website. We, you know, worked with the current executive director Tina um, to transform the finance function. Um, previously, the work was being done in house. in in a desktop software, we migrated all of their accounting systems to the cloud and, you know, help them take tools like Receipt Bank um, and make coding expenses not something that they had to sit down and do, but something that they can do, you know, in real time as transactions are occurring. Uh, The end result for them has been, Better quality financial information, better clarity in you know expense management, um, and ultimately a tighter reporting process. So you know a cleaner, more efficient audit. There have been, I'd say, several benefits. Um, those those are are definitely a few of them. But it's been really exciting to see how we've been able to make an impact on really such a great uh, an organization that does so much for the community.
0: Love it. Is there anything we haven't covered that our that our listeners absolutely need to know and understand about, about this?
2: You know, that's a really good question. And I, I think maybe what I would like to just address here is sometimes, you know, the resistance that we get is, you know, around I've always done it this way. So why will this be better? How do I know that this will be better? And at the end of the day, we make our service such that it's very easy for our clients to end the relationship if they are unhappy because we don't, you know, we don't want to lock you into something that isn't going to work for you and your organization. That doesn't really, that doesn't help anybody. But at the end of the day, status quo is, is sometimes our, our biggest enemy, not adapting to the environment, not accepting new technology you know, really puts us at a disadvantage and it's something that we don't feel um, because we're comfortable in doing things the way that we've always done them.
0: We've been having this conversation a lot lately with so many people. It's that inertia and it's almost the way we've been describing it that seems the most true or accurate of the experience that we've seen. It's like chronic pain.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Right. We live with these This chronic pain, and it totally debilitates our ability to do all the things we want to do. But because it's chronic pain that we don't, it's not acute in the same way. We don't address it, and we just are like, "Oh, that's the cost of doing business, right? That's the cost of being in a in a small charity. This is par for the course." And so we don't change it. When you do address that chronic pain, it is life changing.
2: Absolutely, yeah, and I mean, nothing—you uh, know—nothing happens uh, immediately overnight. You have to be ready to invest yeah. a lot of time and energy into learning the new system and committing to using the tools.
0: Think of it as physiotherapy. <laughs> yeah yeah exactly. it doesn't happen overnight but it's worth it in the end if you stick with it and uh, but habits are hard to break we totally understand that and so actually it's one of the things we we work on with our clients is how to change our habits but it's definitely a big it can be a big ga- game changer if you're willing to stick with it and th- that's true you know whether you listen to this and you love all these tools and you do it yourself or you want to hire someone like ankle or uh, anyone else to do this kind of work? Um, change is hard, but you know we can't get to where we want to go doing what we've been doing. Right? We have to make some changes to grow.
2: So that's right. Yeah.
0: Where can our listeners learn more about your work? And and I know you have these tools all on your website. So where can they find that?
2: Yeah, so I'd recommend just, you know, going to our website, ankle.ca. Um, you know, read our case studies, uh, read our blog. We do spend a lot of time talking about these concepts that we've touched on in, uh, in this podcast today on our blog. So please, uh, you know, feel free to check out the blog and the website. Alternatively, if you want to reach out to us, um, you can do so at info at ankle.ca you know, we're happy to chat and help in any way that we can.
0: Perfect. And ankle is E-N-K-E-L, but we'll have that in the show notes. Thank you so much for being part of this. And we're so excited about the work that you're doing and its ability to help organizations. And I'm so glad we could share it.
2: Likewise. Thank you so much for having me today.
0: A pleasure. And thanks to all of our listeners for tuning in. Well, folks, that's it for today's episode of The Small Nonprofit. I'm your host, Cindy Wagman, and this show is brought to you by The Good Partnership. As a reminder, if you want more resources around raising more money for your small nonprofit, visit thegoodpartnership.com and download our free fundraising strategy guide. I'll see you next week.